We're talking about choices. The problem, of course, is, is that for many of us, in these choices that we make day to day, is that we don't think long term. We, we don't think in the big picture. Rather, we've got today, and there are some choices we're making today, and, and it's, don't even think about what, what's going to happen because of this choice that I'm making today. What's going to happen in 10 years or 20 years? I know that's my problem every time I sit down to eat. And the struggle is, is that all of our choices have consequences. Every single one of them. And we need to be a people that as we make our choices every day, large and small, that we think through where these choices are going to take us. As a reminder of this, I take a look at the story of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat and his life is truly a study in consequences. Because Jehoshaphat made some choices that caused some serious problems, not only for him, but for his family and the entire nation. I'd like for us to spend a few moments just taking a look at Jehoshaphat's choices and the consequences that came from them. And I want us to think about our lives, and I want us to think about our choices, especially the spiritual choices that we're making. Because they are going to have consequences. Before we do that, would you bow with me in prayer, please? Great God in heaven, we love you because you are awesome and powerful and you are the great God who created all things and has placed us here on your world. And we are humbled by your care and concern for us. You have loved us and so we love you. We're thankful for your Son and his one sacrifice that works. We're thankful for your Word that provides us with your truth so that we might know how to glorify and honor you and be your children and your servants here on this world. Help us today as we look at one of your ancient children, Jehoshaphat, and the choices that he made and the consequences that came. Help us to be impressed with our need to consider the consequences of the choices that we make. Help us to give thought, not just to walk blindly through each day, just making choices without consideration, but rather to consider our future and, and our future for serving you with each of the choices that we make. Please help us as we study this morning to have our hearts open to your word, that they can be softened and broken as they need to be, so that we can glorify and honor you. Help us, Father, this week to want to do your will so much that our reward is the opportunity to do your will. Thank you for this opportunity today to meet with your children, to study, to edify, and to worship. We're, we're so thankful for the time that you give us to do that. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you for loving us. Through your son's name we pray, amen. The very first thing that I think we need to recognize about Jehoshaphat is that Jehoshaphat was a good man, but he made some bad choices. And I think this is important because as we take a look at, well, even ourselves, but especially as we look at some of these characters in the Bible, and especially the kings, we have a tendency to divide up the kings as either they're a good king or a bad king, right? I mean, we even have the timeline that has the different colored crowns or the different faces 
for whether or not it's a good king or a bad king. You know, if he smiles, he was a good king. If he doesn't smile, he was a bad king. And, but that's, that's not really accurate. Because all of the kings had good things and all of the kings had bad things. Yes, I recognize that there were some, like Ahab, who his good things were so small that we probably could just look at him and say, oh yeah, he was a bad king. But we need to understand that this is not an issue of here was a good person and here was a bad person. Jehoshaphat was a good man, but he made some bad choices. So when we talk about our choices that we make, that's not a judgment on whether or not we're a good or bad person. Good people make bad choices. Some bad people make good choices. Jehoshaphat was a good man, but he did make some bad choices. In fact, what David just read to us moments ago in Second Chronicles chapter 17 demonstrates that Jehoshaphat was one of the best kings that Judah ever had. In fact, in order to give some kind of comparison, the author has to go all the way back to David. And essentially what he says is, Jehoshaphat's the best king we've had since David. He's a good man. But he made some bad choices. And his choices, all the bad choices that are revealed for us, all revolved around the alliances that he would make. He was a good king. He led Judah to worship God. He took away the idolatry. And yet, he had a bad habit of making bad alliances. And there's no doubt that what's going on is that Judah looks at this divided, or excuse me, Jehoshaphat looks at this divided kingdom, Israel and Judah. And he has dreams and visions of being the one who reunites Judah and Israel into one kingdom. And so he continues to make these treaties and these alliances with Ahab and with his sons. But as good as Jehoshaphat was, Ahab was wicked. In 1 Kings chapter 16, First Kings chapter 16, beginning at verse 29, we learn about Ahab. In the 38th year of Asa, king of Judah, Ahab the son of Omri began to reign over Israel. And Ahab the son of Omri reigned over Israel and Samaria 22 years. And Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord more than all who were before him. And as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam the son of Nebat, he took for his wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Sidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. He erected an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he built in Samaria. And Ahab made an Asherah. Ahab did more to provoke the Lord, the God of Israel, to anger than all the kings of Israel who were before him. Now that's really a strong statement, especially considering the fact that when his father Omri became king, God said of Omri, he did more evil than all the kings that were before him. So when we get to Omri, it's, oh, this is one bad guy. But then we get to his son and we say it again, he's even worse than his dad. So as good as Jehoshaphat was, Ahab provides a contrast. He is, he is as wicked as Jehoshaphat was good. Now, Ahab made some good choices sometimes, but overall, he was a wicked, evil person. And Jehoshaphat, allowing his dreams of reuniting the kingdom to get the better of him, made some bad choices and some alliances with this wicked king Ahab. If you look back in Second Chronicles, 
In fact, most of the things we're going to look at, by the way, are right around this passage in 2 Chronicles 17 and 18. So you may want to keep your marker there to make it easy to get back to. In 2 Kings 18 and verse 1, notice this. Now Jehoshaphat had great riches and honor, and he made a marriage alliance with Ahab. He had his son Jehoram marry Ahab's daughter, Athaliah. Can you see how they're trying to pull those kingdoms together? That's just a bad choice. We also recognize in verse 3 that he made a military alliance with Ahab. In 2 Chronicles 18.3, Ahab, king of Israel, said to Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, will you go with me to Ramoth Gilead? He answered him, I am as you are. My people is your people. We will be with you in the war. And then again, in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 35, he made a business alliance with Ahab's son Ahaziah. After this, Jehoshaphat king of Judah joined with Ahaziah king of Israel who acted wickedly. He joined him in building ships to go to Tarshish and they built the ships in Ezion Gedi. I mean, these are just bad choices. The thing that I'm wanting us to recognize here, though, and we're going to talk about the consequence of these choices, but I want us to see Jehoshaphat's a good person, a good man. He's a good king, but he made some bad choices, and that's important for us. Because I think as I look about among this audience, I'm looking at good people. But sometimes good people make bad mistakes, and they make bad choices, and we need to consider that. Because one of the things that we learn from Jehoshaphat is that our choices will affect our lives. Sometimes it's almost like we have this idea that choices are made in a vacuum and I'm going to do something today and, and once today is over with, today is just gone and what I did today is not going to matter. But just take a look at your life. One of the business mantras that I've heard that I, I love to pass along is that I am where I am today because of the choices I've made yesterday. Can you look at your life and recognize how true that statement is? I am where I am today because of the choices I made yesterday. And now if that's the truth, and you can see that in your life, what do you think you're going to be next week? And next year, and five years, and ten years down the road? Ten years from now, you're going to be where you end up based on the choices you make between now and ten years from now. Our choices will affect us. In fact, Jehoshaphat's choices affected him. He made an alliance with Ahab to go to war. And the problem was God didn't want him to make that alliance. And they lost the war. In 2 Chronicles chapter 18 and verse 28, So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went up to Ramoth Gilead. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, I'll disguise myself and go into battle, but you wear your robes. The king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Now the king of Syria had commanded the captains of his chariots fight with neither small nor great, but only with the king of Israel. As soon as the captains of the chariots saw Jehoshaphat, they said, It's the king of Israel. So they turned to fight against him. And Jehoshaphat cried out, and the Lord helped him. God drew them away from him. For as soon as the captains of the chariots saw that it was not the king of Israel, they turned back from pursuing him. But a certain man drew his bow at random and struck the king of Israel between the scale, armor, and the breastplate. Therefore he said to the driver of his chariot, Turn around and carry me out of the battle, for I am wounded. And the battle continued that day, and the king of Israel was propped up in his chariot, facing the Syrians until evening. Then at sunset he died. Then on into chapter 19 and verse 1, Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, returned in safety to his house in Jerusalem. But Jehu, the son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him and said to King Jehoshaphat, Should you help the wicked and those who hate the Lord? Because of this, wrath has gone out against you from the Lord. 
Nevertheless, some good is found in you, for you destroyed the Asherahs out of the land and have set your heart to seek God. Ahab was killed. Jehoshaphat lived, but they lost the battle. And God says because of that wrath had come out to Jehoshaphat. Why had wrath come out? Because he made the choice to have this wicked alliance. The business venture that we read about in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 35. Notice what happened. In verse 37. This is 2 Chronicles 20 and verse 37. Then Eleazar the son of Dodavahu of Mereshah prophesied against Jehoshaphat, saying, Because you have joined with Ahaziah, the Lord will destroy what you have made. And the ships were wrecked and were not able to go to Tarshish. Now it appears that with this choice and with this consequence, Jehoshaphat finally learned his lesson. When we go back to 1 Kings chapter 22, look almost at the very end of 1 Kings chapter 22, and now in verse 49, Ahaziah the son of Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, Let my servants go with your servants in the ships. But Jehoshaphat was not willing. And Jehoshaphat slept with his fathers and was buried with his fathers in the city of David. And Jehoram his son reigned in his place. So Jehoshaphat finally learned his lesson. But the problem is, his bad choices cause bad consequences. Here's what we need to understand about choices. Making a bad choice is like picking up a snake by the tail. You know, that the tail of the snake is kind of harmless. We see that sitting there and we can grab that, that snake by the tail. But once we've grabbed that snake by the tail, what else have we picked up? We picked up the fangs. And we might be pretty good at picking up a snake by the tail, but sooner or later you pick up a snake by the tail and it's going to bite you. And that's the way it is with our choices. We, we might see something that seems harmless at the moment until we grab that snake by the tail, but we're also picking up the dangerous end. And those choices will come back to bite us. Bad choices will affect us. But the thing that we need to understand is that just as choices are not made in a vacuum, neither are the consequences. There are a lot of times that we have the idea that we don't really have to worry too much about our choices because it's my life and it's my world and I'm allowed to make my choices and I'm only hindering me. I'm only going to hurt me. No, that's not true. Bad choices not only affect us, but they affect others. For instance, Jehoshaphat's bad choices affected his family. His son and his grandson both were wicked kings. And the Bible says to us that the reason they were wicked was because of these wicked alliances that Jehoshaphat had made. If we look in Second Chronicles chapter 21. In Second Chronicles chapter 21, beginning at verse 5, Jehoram was 32 years old when he became king, and he reigned eight years in Jerusalem. And he walked in the way of the kings of Israel as the house of Ahab had done, for the daughter of Ahab was his wife, and he did what was evil in the sight of the Lord. Why did Jehoram do what was evil? Not because he was born to do evil, but because he now had this evil influence in his life. If Jehoshaphat hadn't made this alliance, who knows what Jehoram would have done. I mean, maybe he would have been evil on his own. But what the text tells us is that Jehoshaphat's son was an evil king because Jehoshaphat made a bad choice about alliances. But it didn't just stop with his son. It also went down to his grandson. Jehoram's son, Ahaziah, became king. And notice what it says about him beginning in Second Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 2. Ahaziah was 22 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Athaliah, the granddaughter of Omri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor in doing wickedly. 
He did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, as that house of Ahab had done. For after the death of his father, they were his counselors to his undoing. We have two kings that come after Jehoshaphat, and they are wicked. Why? Because Jehoshaphat made a bad choice on this marriage alliance. Not only did he impact his sons and their wickedness, but his choice for this alliance impacted his family. There in Second Chronicles chapter 21, this time verse 4, notice what happened when wicked Jehoram became king in Judah. When Jehoram had ascended the throne of his father and was established, he killed all his brothers with the sword and also some of the princes of Israel. All of Jehoshaphat's sons were killed. Why? Because he made a bad choice that brought Jehoram together with Athaliah and that caused Jehoram to be wicked. Not only his sons, but even his grandsons through Jehoram. Because in Second Chronicles chapter 22 and verse 10, when Athaliah, the mother of Ahaziah, saw that her son was dead, she arose and destroyed all the royal house of the, or all the royal family of the house of Judah. But Jehoshabeth, the daughter of the king, took Joash, the son of Ahaziah, and stole him away from among the king's sons. When Ahaziah was killed by Jehu, his mother killed all of her grandchildren so that she could be queen. One was saved, and he later became king. Did you think about that? Where did all that begin? Do you think that Jehoshaphat, when he decided that it would be a good idea for his son to marry Ahab's daughter, did you think in his wildest dreams that that would cause his son and his grandson to be wicked kings, would cause all his sons to be killed by, his, by their brother, and cause his grandchildren to also be killed? you think he for a moment thought that's what was going to happen? No, it seems that Jehoshaphat, in this one instance, put his political desires above his spiritual desires. And that, of course, is one of the big problems with our choices. Is that sometimes we get misguided and misdirected about what's important in life. And we make a choice based on something that seems really important over here and we lose out on what's most important. And so do our families. Jehoshaphat placed this political spectrum of the possibility of a united Israel, once again, above the spiritual realities of what would happen if he made alliances with wicked people. And the sad thing is it didn't just impact him. He didn't just get rebuked by Jehu the seer. His family suffered because of his choices. Our choices aren't made in a vacuum. The consequences don't come to us in a vacuum. If we carry that snake around by the tail along with our family, it's going to reach out and bite some of our family too. But it's not just going to affect us. Sometimes we might delude ourselves into thinking, yes, but that's our family. I'm the head of the family, and so I get to make those choices, and we'll suffer those consequences. But Jehoshaphat's bad choices didn't just affect his family. It affected others. In fact, it affected the nation. We've already pointed out that his two sons became kings, and both of them were wicked. And then Athaliah became queen. And she was wicked. For 14 years, because of Jehoshaphat's bad choices, Judah was carried off again into idolatry and paganism. 
Now, Jehoshaphat himself was a good guy. While Jehoshaphat was king, he led Judah to worship God. But his choice to let Jehoram marry Athaliah caused for the long term, caused his nation to go back into idolatry, back into paganism. They built the house of Baal. They defaced the temple of God. God's people had turned away from it. It impacted their souls. I also can't help but think about that battle of Ramoth-Gilead and all the men of Judah that died because of Jehoshaphat's bad choice to make a military alliance with Ahab. I wonder what their wives and children thought when they heard that their dad had died in a battle and then they heard that Jehoshaphat had been rebuked by God that he shouldn't have even been there at the battle. Jehoshaphat's choices did not just impact him. It impacted his family. But it didn't just impact his family. It impacted those around him. And we need to understand that. That's what our choices do. Choices are not made in a vacuum and consequences don't come in a vacuum. We need to think about where our choices are going to take us. And the final thing that we need to recognize is that very point. We need to consider the consequences and we need to choose wisely. Too often we choose what is easy. Too often we choose the path of least resistance. Too often we're just, too, really, too often we're just so focused on trying to survive the day that we're not even worried about tomorrow. We're not even concerned about that. And I understand that Matthew chapter 6 points out to us that the worries of tomorrow will take care of themselves. I'm not saying that we need to be all worried and anxious about it. I'm saying that what we need to realize is that our choices today need to be the right, wise choices because they're going to lead us somewhere. And not only are they going to lead us somewhere, they're going to lead our families somewhere. Not only are they going to lead our families, they're going to impact others. Now, none of us is a king. Our choices may not impact an entire nation, but they may. So we may have this consideration that, sure, Jehoshaphat had some bad choices, and Jehoshaphat's consequences were were so much larger than our own, and that may be true. But we need to understand that our choices take us places. And we need to think about where they will take us. Today, while we don't need to spend time in anxiety about tomorrow, we do need to ask ourselves, what's the right choice to make based on the consequences from this action? Where is this going to lead? And, and one of the things that we need to understand is that the small things, as they build up, become big. One small pebble falling from the top of a mountain by the time it hits the bottom can be a huge avalanche. Small choices add up. We need to consider the consequences and choose wisely. There's only one way to do that. That's to be in the Word. That's to let God's Word infiltrate our lives. Sadly, we all too often look at Bible study, that choice, as if all it is is a homework assignment. That, well, I'm a Christian, so today I've got to do my Bible reading. Instead of recognizing that it's God's Word 
that is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It is God's Word that provides us the wisdom to make the right choices, to do the right things, even if they're the hard things. It's God's Word that gives us the wisdom to understand what are the important choices, even if they're not our favorite choices. And it's God's Word that when we submit to it and follow it, will lead us in God's way that will produce the ultimate consequence that we're striving for. And that's to glorify God forever. Jehoshaphat, somebody that we need to know about. Sometimes we, these, these Old Testament stories can be for us kids' stories. You know, we go to Bible class and our kids learn about these people. And uh, Jehoshaphat, well, oh yeah, I think I've heard of him. Well, Jehoshaphat is a great lesson for us. He's a studying consequences. We need to recognize his bad choices led to bad things, and that's what's going to happen for us, even when we're good people. Even when we're good people, bad choices have consequences. 